welcome to Arlay's message of the week. We hope you enjoy this message on Keep Waiting by our pastor, Kaylee Molina. So today's message is, is titled, Don't Give Up. It's titled, Don't Give Up, but this message comes from a place of whenever life gets tough and whenever it gets really mundane, especially when... Um, heartaches happen and hardships happen. So that's where, I, where I'm, I'm coming from when I mean don't give up. And so I really, really hope this message gives you hope to just keep going, keep fighting, keep going at the same miles per hour that you've been going to. If you had to slow down a little, I hope this like propel, propels you to go even faster. So with that said, um, I've shared my story with about my family uh, several times, but this week, um, actually just last week, uh, my dad just got a new job. He just registered his um, truck driving business with the city again. Um, after 12 years of having declared bankruptcy, um, losing his job, his trucking job, he, the, the business he had registered before with the city is the same business he's registering again 12 years later. He, la he lost it due, due to the recession and some bad financial decisions. And so everything's coming back. Things that we've been praying for, that we've been asking God for, things that we've cried for, um, house, we, we lost our home, we lost our cars, everything that you can think of, we lost it. Um, we ended up sleeping at my grandma's house, um, a family of seven sleeping in the living room floor of my grandma's living room for several months until my dad and my mom were able to find a job and pick themselves up again, not, not only financially, but also emotionally. I saw my dad go through depression a lot because of it. And my mom was just like the one like driving and leading the whole family during that time. And so 12 years later, we're starting to see God's promises over my, my family happen 12 years later. And so I, today I want to talk about the waiting time, those 12 years time, those 15 years, those 20 years, or maybe it's only been three or five years for you or only a year. I want to talk about being patient and not giving up in those years of waiting for your family, whatever the the thing you're waiting for, you've been praying for, that's like in your heart, that's in your mind. Um, I want to talk about that today. And so sometimes in the midst of waiting, it can be so easy to forget about God's promises because we have them there. Like we're like, I see you, God, especially during the, the New Year's re resolution. I see you, God. I'm going to go hard for you. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to be good to this year. But then like um, March and like April, May, June, July happens. It's like, oh, God, I give up on life. I give up on my finances. I'm just going to spend the money I said I wasn't going to spend. And, and we lose the, the, the drive, the momentum. The, we, we lose it and we lose sight of God's promises for our life in the midst of waiting and so sometimes we even forget why we, we were even waiting in the first place we forget about those words that were that were, were once spoken to us we forget about perhaps a word that God has told you personally one day with a whisper with a voice or even if it's with a dream that's been planted in your heart we forget about those promises and those dreams and they just fall asleep or sometimes even point of like dying inside us and so, um, especially in an era of podcasts and books and articles and so much information, it can be so easy for us to be loaded with, with, with information, a lot of it, 
to the point of us thinking that we know everything. You and I, we know everything because the podcast says so, because the article from New York Times says so, because Harvard says so, the Harvard article says so. And so we also live in a time of an era of hyper hyper productivity where, you know, being productive and working and posting about it. I'm, I'm doing my, my paper at 1 a.m. I just got to work at 6 a.m. Or I'm like, I did an all-nighter. And we value that in this era. We're like, I'm so cool. I'm working so hard. I'm working more than anyone in this room. And we value that. And since this is in, the, in an era of living in that time, we forget why we're truly here. We forget why we, what we've even been waiting for. Those promises. Because I'm trying to outwork that person or I'm trying to outwork the person I was yesterday all because the article said this, the article said that. So we think we know everything. We think we know everything. We, we think we, we can measure life well. We think we know where God is going with, with, with our life and with our plans. We think we know everything. Especially us millennials. The older folks, they know a little more. We think we know everything. And so the first truth I want to share with you guys today is the truth that in reality, guys, we don't know everything. We don't know everything. This is the first truth I want to nail, like on your head or on your back. We don't know everything. The moment... I start living life thinking I know everything. I lose sight of God. I lose sight of leaning on him. I lose sight of, of even remembering why he even placed me here on earth for. I lose sight of even reading God's word and depending in, in his word and in his provision and in his miracles. Because I think I can do everything and I know everything. We're loaded with so much information nowadays. And I'm not saying take a view of walking with your head down. I don't know everything. I don't know nothing. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying let's be cowards, so, so to speak, or fear, fearful. But recognize in midst of life, of the mundane, of tough life, or when we actually get things right and we become successful and we get promoted to our next position at work, you still don't know everything. You still don't. And this point I got really inspired by a Harvard pr professor after me speaking about <laughs> the articles in the era of knowing a lot of information. Um, um, for school, I had to read a book of a business professor from Harvard. And he said, the best way to, to tackle your problems at work is to recognize that you don't know everything. And he's an expert of fixing problems at work. The most, like, he, he's worked for NASA, for Apple, like, like CEO-level problems, like confidential where, like, lawsuits are involved and blah, blah, blah. He's, like, recognize before you're about to go in and fix life or a problem, recognize you don't know everything. You don't know where things can go. And the second truth I want to share with you guys today is we don't know everything, but what we do know and what we should do is trust in God's good intentions. We need to trust in his intentions. Sometimes when we don't know where life is going or why it's taking us that route or why this person betrayed us or why this hardship rose up all of a sudden, sometimes we can lose sight and forget the simple truth that God means good, that he has good intentions for us. 
that he has a good plan still waiting for us, even though everything around us may be a little bit sour and tough. And so today I want to talk to you guys about a group of people that forgot and gave up on their promises because they got tired of waiting. Because life got tough on them, because they started experiencing external pressures. You know, life happened just like it happens with you and me. And they ended up forgetting and they lost sight of God's promises for their life. And this has to do with Israel. So if you guys can go with me to Isaiah 54. Um, Isaiah 54, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3. Isaiah 54, and this is going to be a little famous verse that some of you have probably heard of. And if you haven't, even better. You know, when you hear it for the first time, I feel like it's still fresh. It's like, whoa. Okay, so Isaiah 54 says... Seeing barren woman, you who, oh, wait, wait, hold up. Before I, we, we, we read this part, the woman stands for God's people during that time. It stands for people like you and I. And the barren woman, the, the child, means God's promises. And what does God's promises mean? Your dreams, the, the aspirations in your life. God's promises could mean perhaps um, you had a dream one day of a coffee shop. It could mean that too. Um, restoration in your home, restoration in your finances, whatever, whatever good dream that's in your heart, that's, that's what I mean by God's promises. So, so child means promises, woman means you and me, okay? It doesn't just mean a woman. Sing barren woman, you who never bore child, a promise. Burst into a song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. So you who never had a promise. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. So I know this verse sounds very flowery, and you're like, what the heck did that just say? I'm going to get to that in a bit. But I, this is talking to a group of people. Isaiah was talking to a group of people that had given up on God's promises. And if, as you guys can see from the title, it's called The Future Glory of Zion. The Future Glory. So it's talking about a place that doesn't exist yet, a time that doesn't exist yet. They were still living in that small house, in a small tent. They were still um, living and probably paycheck by paycheck. They were still living in, 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 the, in the past. And here it's talking about a time, a really glorious, great time, that was about to come. But Isaiah was speaking to a group of people, like I said, that had forgotten and given up and lost patience with waiting God's promises for their life. So they started creating their own promises. They started making moves because they're like, God, you're taking too long. God, we waited for years and nothing. God, I've been waiting for that job for a long time and nothing, so I have to do something. God, I've been waiting for that breakthrough, but nothing and so Isaiah was talking to a group of people who were being unfaithful to God, who grew tired of waiting patiently. And every, because of that, every area of their life became compromised. They compromised their social life. They compromised their religious life. 
their life with God. And they ended up co um, compromising their personal life. So they were living and saying, I believe in God and I'm a follower of God. But their lifestyle reflected the complete opposite of that. Every area of their life was compromised. Their personal, spiritual, and um, what was the other one? And, and social life. Because they got tired of waiting. They grew tired, they grew frustrated, and they grew very, very impatient. In fact, they had even received promises from their great, great, great ancestors, Abraham, that through his descendants, the world would be blessed. And then from there, promises from David and his throne that they would lead the world to salvation. And by that time, by this time that, that, that this book is being written to and spoken to, They no longer trusted in God's promise because they're like, you've, God, you've made all these promises. You've spoken all these amazing and good things over me, but so far I'm seeing nothing. They got tired of waiting. They got frustrated. They're like, God, one day you gave me a vision of this. You gave Abraham, you gave David a vision of this, that this was going to happen and that was going to happen and that you're going to restore here and break through here. Nothing. And because of that, they grew very frustrated and impatient and they only said that they followed God, but their lifestyle reflected the complete opposite because they grew tired. And so how many times, and I know there's people here, that people have spoken great things over you. You've received amazing words of, of knowledge. You, you, you've even probably received prophetic words. Maybe someone's told you, like, your family's going to do this, or you're going to get a home one day, or this and that. And they've spoken so many beautiful things over you. But so far, none of those things have happened yet. And you've been waiting this whole time. It can be really, really easy to lose sight of God's promises when we grow impatient, right? And it could get very frustrating. And we could, like, get tired because of it. Tired within ourselves, but also tired with God. Tired of just waiting. And so Israel experienced the same thing. So because of that, they started aligning themselves with the false promises and fears of this world. And that's something that you and I can really, really easily do. We can easily align to just low expectations. Low expectations in our relationship, in our social life, in our finances, low expectations for ourselves and for our lives, for our future marriages or spouses. Low expectations. Why? Everything has failed me. Nothing good has happened in my life. Or all those like wonderful prophetic words have, haven't even happened And so it could be really, really easy to just align ourselves to the promises and the, and the, and the fears of this world when those things don't, don't happen. And that's exactly what Israel was doing. And besides that, during this time, they were also experiencing um, a, a Syrian militant power rising from, from the east during this time. And they, they were facing a tough decision. Should Israel trust an outside force to defend them during this time against this, like, rising dictatorship? Or they had also received the promise from God that divine help was going to come from God. 
And so Israel was facing, should, should, I, should, I, should we trust this outside force that didn't even want us to follow or experience God or, 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 or believe in him? Or should we trust that God is going to rescue us in a divine way? They're experiencing things like you and I, things from left and right, left and right. You know how sometimes we feel like if life isn't giving us a break, it's like, gosh, let me breathe a little. Let me catch a break a little. That's the same thing that Israel was, was experiencing. Things from the right and from the left. And so it can be really easy to, it can be really hard to have a choice between trusting something tangible, something that we can control, something that we can see, or trusting a promise that we can't see. Simply that someone told us. Simply that someone said over us one day. But that's a choice that you and I have to make on a daily basis. Are we going to trust in the, in the tangible, in the promises of this world, in the low expectations of this world? Or are we going to grab hold and trust in those promises that we still cannot see and we probably haven't seen yet, not even a little bit? But which one are we going to choose? What promise are we going to hold on to? The tangible one, the one that you and I can get in control of? or the one that requires waiting and being patient and trusting that God will come through. And so because of that, as human as Israel was like you and me, they ended up surrendering for protection from a kingdom that were hostile to God. They ended up doing everything that basically God would have asked them to not do. They ended up doing it all. So they ended up surrendering to another kingdom to, to protect them from this rising di dictatorship that was coming from the east. And they, they ended up surrendering to an outside kingdom that were completely hostile to the things of God. And so despite all their not that great decisions, God's promises was, were, was still available to, to them. They were still there. And then that's when this verse comes in, the 54. And that's when all, all these good things start coming out. And so I want to share three, three words from this verse that we just read with, with you guys. The first word is stretch. Stretch. In Greek, it's Greek, right, babe? Hebrew, Hebrew, thank you, sir. In, in Hebrew, um, it says stretch means to strengthen and roominess and stability. So when Israel was, was being told to enlarge their tent, God was telling them, I'm here to, to stretch you in order to strengthen you. I'm here to stretch you in order to create more room for what's coming. I'm here to stretch you in order to provide more, more stability in, in perhaps places in your life that you haven't been stable in. Get ready because I want to make you bigger, because I want to make you stronger. That, that's, why, that's why, you know how a lot of people say stretching is hard? Like when you're being stretched in life, it hurts. It's because God is strengthening us, even though it does not feel like it. We'd probably feel the weakest at that point. Like we just want to throw everything. It's because God is actually strengthening us, because he's making room for more for us inside our hearts and, and around us. And so stretch. And the second word I want to share with you guys is spread. When he told them that for you will spread out to the right and to the left, 
It means get ready because you are going to get, I, I'm going to prepare you to burst. And this same word is used in the Bible where it says to burst at the seams. A picture of vigorous growth. And so where it says, for you will spread to the right and to the left. He is getting ready to burst us. To burst at the seams. We're going to burst. And the third word I want to leave you with, and, and the last word I want to leave you with, is dispossess. Dispossess. Where it says, and your, and your descendants will dispossess nations, which basically means you are going to settle, possess, and it referred to possessing nations. He was reminding them, despite Israel's countless mistakes and them choosing protection from someone but God, by them partnering with promises that weren't from God, by them partnering themselves with fears that weren't from God, God still told them, I want to spread you out. I want to stretch you. And I want you to possess nations still. I still have those promises for you. I still have all those dreams and those plans in store for, for you. But he was just asking them, I just need you to be faithful again. I just need you to live life like if you're actually following me. I need, you, I need your words, every word that comes out of your mouth to actually reflect like if you're following me. I need your social life, that life that you live outside of church Monday through Saturday to actually show that you're actually following me. I need your personal life, even when things get messy and tough, I need your personal life to reflect like if you're actually following me. But the thing is that we get tired of waiting. We get frustrated because years and years have passed. I mean, the story I shared with you guys in the, in the, in the beginning, my parents have had to wait 12 years ju just for my dad's job to appear again, ju just so his business can finally happen again. And 12 years can get really frustrating and tiring to wait for. But that's when God is asking us, but I need you to be faithful again. I still have all these promises for you. The promises to stretch, to, to spread, and to possess things. But I need you to be faithful. I need you to be faithful to, to my promises. I need you to be faithful to me. Obviously, it's not me. It can get frustrating, guys. I know. I know that I'm the most impatient person that you can ever know, I think. Ask my husband. It, when I think of an idea right here, when I think of something, I want it to happen like today or tomorrow, but the latest tomorrow. Like the latest. Like you're pushing it if you're making me wait for a week. You're pushing it. And I, I, I will throw fits and I will give statements and I will write like an essay and a paragraph why I shouldn't wait for a week. I, I will fight with you. Ask my husband. I will fight with you and make sure it happens today or tomorrow. Why? I'm so impatient. I am so impatient. So I get how frustrated it can be to, I don't know where your dreams are. Are your dreams to, to buy a home one day? Are your dreams is to um, finish your education? Is your dream is for your next promotion that you're working so hard at? 
or a, a, a job transition or your marriage restoration or your finances? What's that promise? What's that dream that you've been getting impatient for? And that probably you've even forgotten and I just reminded of you today. God is here this morning. He's reminding you that he wants to stretch you so he can strengthen you and make more room inside of you. He wants to remind you this morning that he wants to spread you. And he wants to remind you this morning that he has placed you on this earth to possess things. To, to, to take possessions of things. If there's people out there that don't believe in God, that bash on God and have beautiful homes, great jobs, great finances, and successful lives, what more for his kids? What more for, for you and me? So this morning, I hope they spoke at least to, to one person, but I just want, want to tell you, don't lose hope in the waiting. I know waiting is hard, and I know waiting can be painful, and I know waiting can be frustrating, and we feel like giving up really bad sometimes, or a thousand times sometimes, and we want things to happen like tomorrow, just, just like I do. But there's a journey in waiting, guys. There's a journey in waiting. And so many things happen there. We're stretched, we're spread out, and we're, and we're strengthened in order to settle and possess nations. Obviously, not like a nation nation. Possess great finances, possess a home for you and your family, possess a business, possess a franchise, possess a coffee shop. I don't know what it is. What do you want, want, to, want to possess? Don't get tired of waiting. And if you forgot about your dreams and you were reminded of it th this morning, look at it as God waking up those dreams again. And if you haven't started dreaming for you and your family, today's the day to start. On behalf of our church, we want to thank you for listening to this week's message. RLA is a biblical grassroots church located in South Los Angeles. We are a community who is here to restore the hurting, anxious, and those discouraged by religion. We hope to have you back next week.